Do you have a desire to help others through a digital challenge? Does big tech censorship or uptime cause concern? Kurt Von Einen of Challenge Connection helps challenge hosts organize their challenges in the order of activities while supporting the challengers with interactivity. Challenge Connection subscribers host their own space and manage their challenges with more control than typical social platforms. Now you can use your social channels as a net to attract challengers to your own challenge site, expanding your reach. Challenge Connection does not censor your content. It allows monetization of your challenge, gives you access to your data, and makes organizing your challenge easy. To learn more about the Challenge Connection, go to challengeconnection.com. That's challengeconnection.com. Welcome to Digital Connections. As you all know by now, we bring in expert advice to connect you with the services and resources to build a successful business and ultimately to create the life of your dreams. This show is for entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone interested in running a side hustle to their current nine to five. One episode at a time, we help you build a successful business through amazing digital connections. I'm your host, Nancy Johnson, a business owner and digital marketer. On my way here, I have found amazing resources that have helped my business grow, and they can help your business thrive too. Everyone needs a friend in digital marketing because digital marketing is about connecting people. So my friends, today we are talking about online challenges. And I don't mean that spam email you got or that link that took you someplace unexpected. I'm talking about that trend that started popping up about 10 years ago. And originally they were silly things like the saltine challenge and the cinnamon challenge where you had to swallow a tablespoon of cinnamon without throwing up. And fortunately, online challenges have evolved a bit. And nowadays they are typically teaching somebody something in a short period of time, or they're helping to support a particular cause. And with the pandemic and much more of the population making the move to regular online interactions, this trend is not going away anytime soon. And personally, I think it's a really interesting way to get people on board with what you're doing and to build a community that knows, likes, and trusts you. And ultimately, that is what good marketing does. So while I was out on LinkedIn, a great connection of mine suggested that I look up my next guest, Kurt Von Einen of Mononomas. It turns out that he and I both live in this world of digital marketing, but he is also a, an expert in this trend and has started something called Challenge Connection. So I brought in Kurt to tell us a little bit more about all of it. Raised on the East coast outside of Philadelphia and the product of a single parent household, Kurt survived cancer and escaped to the West, settling in Colorado. After a few false starts in 13 years in Colorado, Kurt moved his family to New Mexico for seven years where Mana Nomas was born. Serving a group of startups with digital marketing and having authored a book in the automotive industry, Mana Nomas found Ducati North America as its cornerstone client. That led to a decade of corporate work and 
Modern Amas relaunching at the beginning of 2020. So, Kurt, welcome to the show. Hey, Nancy, it's great to see you. And uh, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, it's quite the honor, actually. This is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited, too. So um, tell me, what is the story behind Manana Mas? Well, Manana Nomas is probably the most Hispanic name a white guy like me is going to come to the market with, right? <laughs> and let's just let's just call the elephant in the room, because people are going to look at me and go, why is he taking our name? What's going on? I'm but, glad you uh, said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we started in Albuquerque. Uh, I was helping uh, upstart businesses, a lot of startups. Uh, part of the Economic Development Center in the South Valley of, of Albuquerque was hiring me and, and referring me for these new businesses. And you know what it's like with new folks, you give them homework, like you have a meeting and you give them homework and then they're supposed to come back with a logo or a color or something to help with their social media, right? Or, or build a website. And they never came with homework. They never did what they were supposed to do. And one day I kind of lost my temper and I said, mañana no mas, man, you got to act like there's no tomorrow. I cannot, if you're not vested in your own success, I can't help you find success. And the guy that ran the development center, he looks out and he goes, hey, Court, that'd be a good name for a business. And so right there, we changed everything. We changed the policy, how we run everything. Mañana no mas was born. And um, and now if you search mañana no mas anywhere on Google, I'm like the first 50 pages. So now we're, we're, we're in too deep. We can't change it. <laughs> yeah. And how do you guys help help people? What What is it? Uh, you know, what's your kind of, you know, I, I hate to say the old dog new tricks thing, but we were helping startups at the very beginning, 2007, 2008. And I took that time in the corporate world and, and I and I, you know, worked at an executive level there. But when 2020 started, I found myself back in like this position of how can I help some new businesses? How can I help some businesses that have maybe stalled? and help mm -hmm. them with either their web presence or some digital marketing uh, efforts. But where I really found my sweet spot was training because corporately I was a, a training manager and I found myself saying, hey, how can I make training more accessible, more affordable? And Lifter LMS is one of my one of my vendors and, and they say that they like to democratize education. And I fell in love with that. And now I build affordable membership and learning sites for other companies. Very cool. Very cool. So what are, what are some of the like key internal projects for you guys? You know, to me, it's weird because people will look at me and they'll say, so what do you do? Right. And then I'll say, well, we make these membership and learning websites and I do some social media that ties into it and helps you promote. And then I start talking about the power sport Academy or the challenge connection, which is today's subject. Mm -hmm. And those are my, my two, right. If I had to say, what are my two projects? My two projects are, Power Sport Academy and Challenge Connection. The Power Sport Academy, it helps motorcycle dealerships improve their service business. I have decades and decades of Power Sports experience, and my specialty is helping those businesses identify something that interferes with efficiency or productivity and impedes profit. So I'm I'm like an idiot savant when I go into a motorcycle dealership. I can tell those guys how to improve their business. And I built a whole membership and learning site that supports that passion side of me. The other passion side of me is all these tech products, right? So it's the membership, the learning sites, the, the online challenges. When I started studying online challenges, I started to look at what's missing here. Like how can, how can a hundred people sign up for an online challenge and five people finish it? And I started studying other people's challenges and joining challenges just to see how they were run and tried to like reverse engineer them a little bit. Mm. And, I, and I started realizing in the Facebook environment, it's a first in first out file and people would get lost, especially if there were time zone differences. So 
Somebody might be in Japan, someone might be in Australia, someone might be in California, and someone's working on day three's activity, someone's behind on day one's activity, day two's, what everyone else thinks they're on, and it just gets to be a mess. People get lost and they don't finish. And I thought, well, if we could make a more organized challenge presentation, if we could organize things based on the order of the activity rather than a first in, first out file, I thought that would make more sense. And so that's where I focused but then I couldn't leave it alone. I had to go for how do I monetize it? How do I promote it? How do I, how do we expand the net instead of just saying it's a Facebook challenge? How do we go to LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook? How do we net more people? And then what do you do when you net them? It's a marketing campaign. E even if we could call it what we want, we're adding value to people, but it's a marketing campaign. So mm -hmm. how do I get those people? How do I spread the net and then bring those people to something? And then how do I give the people running those challenges the ability to manage the data? And so those were things that I plugged all into Challenge Connection. It works really well. Nice. Well, so what what is it that makes it better than using uh, like free social media? Is it is it that just that you can measure it? Yeah, the, the big thing is, and, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and maybe speak on behalf of a whole segment that, that doesn't get spoken for sometimes, but you know, right now a big thing is censorship in big tech. And so I actually had a friend in Australia running a challenge and he's really good at him. I mean, he, he brings a lot of people into the challenge, but he posted something on his personal Facebook account, uh, something about COVID and all of a sudden, all of a sudden his account is postponed. It's right. He's in Facebook jail. So when he goes into Facebook jail, he can't access his challenge. Mm. So he's got hundreds of people in the middle of a challenge. He's in the middle of, hey, this is a, this is a tantamount. There's a pivot point in our program. This is where we're going to go to step four or step five or whatever, right? Like we're going to, the story arc of the challenge, you're right in the middle mm -hmm. of it. And all of a sudden, poof, the guy running, it's gone. Like, oh. so, so when you say, how is it better? Well, for one, I'm not going to turn you off. I don't censor the challenges or the content mm. with the challenges or your, your other, your other social media profiles have no effect on what happens in the challenge connection. So that's one. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing is monetization. We make it really easy to, we just uh, integrate Stripe with everybody's accounts. And then that way they have their own separate, everyone in challenge connection has their own site within the site. And mm -hmm. so it's their site, they own the property, they name it. Um, they can even map their own URL to it if they wanted to make it something more permanent. And then they can monetize it and they can also access all the data behind it. So all the user information is available for the people that host the challenge. Um, a lot of experts, they always say, hey, grow your email list, grow your email list, grow your email mm -hmm. list. And hosting a challenge is a great way to build your email list. Yes, but it can it be is. difficult. It can be difficult in some social media platforms to actually aggregate your user data back out of the system. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so this is built so that you can go in get your users, export your users, import them into whatever CRM you want, or you can use the, uh, we have an upgrade, like every good social platform does, but we mm -hmm. have an upgrade where you can use our CRM to actually manage your users and, and, and do outgoing messages and stuff to them as well. That's fantastic. And it goes right along, by the way, with my digital marketing tip of the day. So everybody hang in there when we get there, okay? So, uh, well, um, and then, how does the how does the platform actually work? I mean, what is it? Is it uh, it's so it's on a website then? Yeah, yeah. So 
it's kind of a new term. It, a lot of people that have maybe been in WordPress for a long time have heard of it before, but it's a WordPress multi-site. And so mm-hmm. basically, um, I've taken the tools, put them into the back of WordPress, and then put it onto like a multi-site engine. So I have the main site, and the main site gives everybody the introduction to, you know, what is the challenge connection? How do you use it? How do you use the front-end editor? I set it up so that you don't have to be a web expert to figure out how to host your challenge. You can just kind of use the tool the way it is. Mm -hmm. And um, so everything's in the main site. When you subscribe to Challenge Connection, you pick the name of it. So if you wanted to be nancyjohnson.challengeconnection.com, that would be your URL, right? You named it, and then you get your own site within the site and you build your challenge within that. And then all the users that go to nancyjohnson.challengeconnection.com um, become part of that site's kind of like little microcosm, right? It's not part of the big picture. It's like you own your challenge and your data and your stuff. Nice. And so it, it's nice that it's in there. And then, like I said, um, you're not really required to be a webmaster. You just mm-hmm. use the tools the way we, we give you templates and everything. So mm. if you want a five-day challenge, a 10-day challenge, a 30-day challenge, those templates are already built. And you just use the front-end editor to change the content. And so when that's there, you subscribe to it, it's yours. You can subscribe by the, by the month, by the year, you choose it. And so it's cool for people that don't want to make a long-term commitment to the challenge idea. They just want to sample it. This is a great way to yeah. do it. Yeah. I love this. So how does it work with an existing digital marketing campaign? That's a really great question because at no point in time am I trying to say I hate Facebook or I hate LinkedIn or I hate Twitter. Yeah. That's not that's not my thing at all. My thing was how can I have something that's consistent that I won't get kicked out of and that I can manage my content better, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my idea is if you have an existing digital marketing campaign, this is that augmentation that really rounds it out. And so now you've got content that you can take from your challenge and share that within LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and all of those things. The other thing to remember is, you know, and for folks that are in digital marketing, I'm sure they've seen this. You might have a great following on Instagram, but struggle with LinkedIn, or you might Mm -hmm. have a great LinkedIn and struggle with YouTube for some reason. (laughs) And it's hard to figure out because you might know someone that's got, you know, 600,000 people that have viewed their YouTube channel. And you're looking at your channel going, my stuff's better than theirs. How come I only have 500 people? It, and it's really difficult. For example, if I'm in LinkedIn and Facebook and I want to take people from LinkedIn to something I'm doing in Facebook, mm-hmm. it seems impossible. It's like getting yeah. people to go from one platform to the next, you know, and, and it's maybe it's that urban feel versus, you know, uh, trailer park feel. I don't know how that is mentally. Um But if you have a separate third party site, a separate, like more of a corporate appearing third party site, it's like it's easier to take them from Facebook to that site, from LinkedIn to that site, Mm, from Twitter to mm -hmm. that site, from TikTok to that site. And so when I say you're expanding your net and then bringing all of those people to one central location, that's the goal. And if you use that as kind of like the hub, it augments the social media as a package rather than focusing on one thing. That is very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Well, how do you um how do you how how do you guide people and companies to be successful with this type of marketing cuz it's uh it sounds like, you know, there there's probably a bit to it or a trick to it, I would I would imagine. So and again, this is more like anecdotal evidence, right? I, I always feel weird cuz people go, "So you're an expert in challenges?" and I'm like, 
Well, I'd like to think I am, <laughs> but um, so here's what I've noticed with people that succeed versus people that really struggle. And, mm -hmm. and I found this with learning sites too. So this is, this, this kind of is in the rest of my wheelhouse. You need to have a following or a community of your own. You need to have somebody that's going to come alongside of you. It's almost mm -hmm. like any kind of leadership course, right? Like, like John Maxwell famously said, you know, if you're going for a walk as a leader and no one's behind you, you're not leading, you're just out for a walk. <laughs> you know, it, you have to have, you have to have a community. And so mm -hmm. if you have a pre-existing, you know, Facebook page, that's got a decent following, or you've got, you know, an e-learning site that's, that's got activity, or you're really successful at LinkedIn and you've got a, a LinkedIn group that's got a couple hundred people in it. Well, then you've got enough of a community to run a successful challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I'm old. I think of like nightclubs. I can remember when I when I was on the East Coast, I went to the Palladium nightclub once. And, and those on the East Coast know that back in the 80s, the Palladium was like the place, right? And so me and my friends went to the Palladium. It was like 8.30 at night. We walked in and there was like 10 people in the whole club. And we went there and we were like, well, this place sucks. You know, we didn't even finish our drinks. We just left. And we we're like, this is horrible. And we left. And then we found out like around 1130 at night, that place gets kicking. Right. <laughs> so um, you can have the coolest site. You can have the coolest tools. You can have all this great tech around you. You, you could be the, the, the snazziest person with the newest phones. But if you don't have a community to share it with or people to bolster your efforts, it kind of dies on the vine pretty quickly. And it makes you feel like you failed. Mm. You didn't really fail. You just launched early mm. is, is the way mm -hmm. I look at that. And so I've noticed that with e-learning as well. Folks will build these crazy complicated e-learning websites. And yeah. it's like, you know, you just need to build an audience first and then introduce them to like the, you know, I always call it like the proof of concept phase. I always like to bring in a good core group of people for a proof of concept, tell them it's a proof of concept, and then I'm depending on their feedback to make it even better. And then people get excited and they share with you and you have conversations with them. And then you can build it and they refer people out and you bring in more and more people. And when it gets mm. better energy, then you start plugging in some of these extra tools that you've got, you know, yeah. and even if you're an expert at it hold back the tools a little bit until you've got yes. a better audience and you've got the demand. And then you go, mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to launch an upgrade on Friday. Make sure everybody checks it out. And it goes, Ooh, yeah. and they all jump in and it just it builds the momentum. And that mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. when you say, how does a company or an organization succeed with a challenge project? It's like, you know, and I, Bless them. You know, I've, I've seen Pedro Adeo speak. I, I've seen Russell Brunson speak. I've seen all these guys that are up here in the industry. Um, and they talk about, you know, you can start from scratch. We'll show you how to make millions. This is how you do it. And I'm like, you still need a base community to bring in, even if it's just 50 or 75 or 100 people, depending on your topic. Yeah. And the topic's got to be on point two. Yeah. And and I like that you put that out there because I think uh it can feel awfully lonely uh if you if you don't do that to start with, right? Um and it, it can it can be it can be challenging in itself. <laughs> you know, it it's a struggle. I as a sample of myself, I've launched a few of these challenges. I did one on a keto challenge, right? So mm. I was like, I'm gonna show everybody how to do keto and use this new keto drink from Prove It. And so, you know, I didn't exactly have prove its authorization to do it, but I was like, it's a cool product. It puts you in keto from drinking the drink. So, you know, it helps you skip the keto flu and all that. I'm like, this will be cool. We'll do a five day challenge. What a struggle. Like it was like just trying to get people to do it. And I thought keto was popular. And when I look at keto websites, 
they're doing really well and their traffic is high. So then mm -hmm. I started looking at it, like, why did my challenge not attract the people? And then you start working it backwards and you go, okay, so this is what I did and this is what didn't happen. And this is what I did. And this is what mm -hmm. didn't happen. And mm -hmm. I think it's, and, and maybe, maybe this is new to some folks, but it's okay to fail. Like it's, it's, you expect to fail and then learn from it. Right. I'm always mm -hmm. looking for like, how do I improve this? Like I tried something, it didn't work. How does it work now? You know, earlier I said, I'm like the top 50 pages when you search manana no mas. That's because mm -hmm. there's a lot of trial and error for a lot of content out there. That's got that name and logo on it, but it's what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that that really is the key as well to good marketing, right? Is, is, is that exactly, it's gotta be trial and error because things change too. So rapidly, you know, um, and yeah. what worked yesterday doesn't always work tomorrow, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You touched on an interesting phrase there too. And, and it, it's, I make a, a good discernment because I do business in general and mm -hmm. marketing is not sales. Like so many people mm -hmm. have the two mesh or they're like, well, my conversion rates aren't what I expected them to be. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you adding people to your email list? Are you attracting people to your brand? Are you know, your brand is how people view you. It's not, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like, are you attracting people to your brand? Are you building your community? Are you, that's marketing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, conversion is sales. That's like, how do I take that, that group of people that I built and convert them into a product or a service? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like the mm -hmm. next phase. So it, it's, I think it's important to differentiate that. I don't necessarily consider the challenge connection to be a sales tool. I, I picture it more mm -hmm. as a marketing tool, even though there's the ability to monetize it and make some revenue yeah. off of it. I do mm -hmm. still picture it as a rev, as a uh, marketing tool. Yeah, I do. I agree with you, but I also think that, uh, you know, not enough connection sometimes is made between the two, right? People want to want to really separate them out and say that one is not reliant on the other. <laughs> and they absolutely are, you know, yeah. you've got to have good marketing if you're going to make sales, right? Um, yeah. But vice versa, what good is your marketing if you are not, if you're not able to sell? Right. Um, and so I think you have to have both that go hand in hand, but I agree with you that there are, you know, you gotta have, uh, there are tactics that, that come down to good marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, cause we've got a lot of entrepreneurs and new business owners that listen to our show. So I always like to know what the key to success is for the businesses that I have on the show. So what is, what is this for Mono, for Mononomas? There are so many facets that plug in for success, Nancy. It's, um, and I like the question, but I, I really try to put it to, to brass tacks and the brass tacks is resiliency. You just can't mm. give up. You can't, um, <laughs> I do a daily message on YouTube every day. And, and I think just today was the day where I was like, Hey, it's been a heck of a week. It's been like this, like this, like this. And I'm very transparent in these daily messages because mm -hmm. it's, it's more of like an accountability tool for me, but a way to connect oh, with people in my in my audience and I, mm -hmm. and I tell them the blunt, the way it is, you know, and I, it's, it's been like this. And the trick is to, you know, recognize the highs, recognize the lows, but don't concentrate your time or your effort at either one of those extremes. You know, you got to kind of, you got to even yourself out and you've got to be, you've got to be someone that can stick to it. You've got to be persistent and you can't allow yourself to have a bad day and go, oh, it's, screw it. I'm going to go flip burgers. You know, <laughs> you, you've got to, <laughs> you got to apply yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I read, I read a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I listen to podcasts a lot. And, 
you know, just look at the way you and I met, you know, we, mm-hmm. we met through active networking on LinkedIn with like-minded people and yeah. you and I might not have necessarily connected on our own organically, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think it's been a great connection and mm-hmm. I see you and I being connected in the future. So, um, yeah. out of, out of my last 3000 connections on LinkedIn, I've had roughly 400 live discovery calls wow. with people. Oh my I gosh. Offer, I offer each new connection, a 15 minute phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a sales call. It's just a discovery call. And it's mm-hmm. just, who am I connected to? What, what, what are your main priorities? What are you driving yes. towards? Do we have the ability to work together in the future or not? Or, and Hey, it's okay. If you just want to be a name or, or a number on my connections list, that's fine. LinkedIn gives you 30,000 of them. So if you want to take one of those spots, you can have it. Um, but if I have a 15 minute conversation with somebody and figure out what their goals are, how they're driven and whether or not there's somebody I'd like to connect to other people in my network, mm-hmm. that call's worth having. Yeah. I love that so much. I actually, uh, you know, it was your messaging taught me so much about the the possibilities of LinkedIn, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, it was it was such a great message. And I was like, hey, that is really a cool idea. And I use it all the time with with people as well, because it's so it's such a a, a better way to leverage what we've got out there, you know. I sure as heck did not invent that. In fact, I had been misusing LinkedIn prior because I thought like everyone else that does business on LinkedIn, right? You got to vomit on everybody right up front so they know how important you are that they (laughs) want to connect with you. And um, it was another marketing group. And I don't want to contaminate your your channel by mentioning them by name, but they, they give coaching on LinkedIn and it made sense. I was like, yeah, I should be using LinkedIn Messenger like SMS texting. It should be short to the point. Hey, it's great to meet you. Do you want to have a quick call? I'd like to have a chat. Boom. It's easy. It's done. If they say yes, you give them a link so they can schedule it. If they don't mm-hmm. say yes, you just leave them connected. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's good to have them on your list. Um, yeah. But when you can talk to them in person and figure out, man, is this someone that I want to plug into 10 or 15 other people on my on my connections list? Right. That kind of po- being the matchmaker on LinkedIn, having mm-hmm. that is super, super valuable. Cause now I've got people reaching out to me and saying, Hey, Kurt, do you know somebody that does, you know, graphic design? Do you know somebody that does, uh, articulate animation? Do you know somebody that does? And I do. And so when I make those connections, it's not for commission, but it does give you a kind of a strength position in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that I find as an entrepreneur is that, um, I have shiny object syndrome. So, and I'm, I'm thinking about actually starting to call it SOS because I refer to it so often, but basically it's this thing that happens to a lot of us where there are just so many cool things going on. And as entrepreneurs, obviously we're also not at for a lack of, of ideas either. Right. Because that's why most of us are entrepreneurs. Um, but you do have to keep your focus. And along with that, you also need to stop and smell the roses. Right. So, um, how do you recharge your batteries and where do you find yourself having to, or getting that refocus on things? Two things I can answer. Cause you have, you have two questions in that sentence or in that <laughs> question. Um, one is staying focused. And everybody's got their favorite tools. Some people love Trello. Some people love Evernote. So, you know, whatever your tool is, Slack. Um, I fell in love with OneNote 
years ago. I love OneNote. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and I and I build different notebooks in there. And I got a notebook that's like, it's, I think it's labeled Manana No Mas Distractions is what I think I labeled it. And anyway, <laughs> I go in there. I have a crazy idea. I'll be in the car, whatever. And what I like about OneNote is it's good on any device, right? So I open up my phone and I just talk at it. And I go, I go, book idea, blah, 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 blah. Boom. Now it's out of my head. I've cleared the space and I'm still focused on what's the task? What was I supposed to be working on when I had a crazy book idea? Right. <laughs> and so, and then every now and then it, when I'm in one of those stalled moments, I go back to OneNote, I open up that thing and I start looking at these ideas and I go, okay, I felt really excited about this in December. Do I still feel excited about it now? Mm, you know, and, I, mm -hmm. and then I give it kind of that time, like you don't drink tea without letting it steep. Right. And so it's like, did I steep this long enough? And do I still want to drink this cup of tea? And if I, if it's, if it's not a passion piece of me, mm -hmm. I take it right out of the book. I don't even keep it. I, I make up my mind right there to delete it. Once it's deleted, it's gone. Interesting. Um, mm. the, the recharge comes from fitness. I used to be fat. I'm still fat, but I used to be really fat. Uh, when I worked for Ducati, they had me as a corporate traveling trainer and it was hotels, rental cars, and uh, airplanes, lots of airplanes and lots of food. Mm. And they gave me a corporate credit card and they would pay for booze too. So I could go and have like a bottle of wine and a steak for dinner. And I did. And I got big. I was almost 280 pounds. And um, and I'm not tall. So that was something to see. Um, we moved to Southern California. I went to work for Suzuki. I lost a ton of weight. And then I got back into bicycling. And I've always enjoyed bicycling as a kid all the way to my adult age, but now it's to the point where I do hundred mile rides, like organized century rides. I do uh, a lot of mountain biking. I, I ride in like all forms of bicycling. So off-road, on-road, BMX, all of it. And I'm still not skinny because I like beer, wine, and red meat, but, <laughs> but I'm not growing anymore. I'm not getting bigger. Mm -hmm. And the coolest part about bicycling, and it could be for running, bicycling, hiking, swimming, any of these types of physical activities, I personally believe that physical fitness leads to fiscal fitness. I personally believe that the more energy I have for mountain biking, for road biking, for hiking, um, the more energy I'm going to have in the boardroom, the more yeah. energy I'm going to have for podcasts, the more energy I'm going to have when I do write that book. Mm -hmm. And it really does translate into fiscal sustainability. Yeah. Some people think I'm nuts when I start to talk like this, but it, it really has worked for me. So now if I'm working in the workspace, this is my workspace, by the way, I work in my garage. Mm -hmm. And when I work here, uh, I'm, I like to be surrounded by all things with two wheels, motorcycles, bicycles, everything. But if I feel like I'm not being as productive as I could be, I literally sign myself out on my calendar. Don't take any more discovery calls change into my mountain bike stuff and I leave for three hours. And when I come back, the amount of work that I can produce in a focused way is amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. I, you know, it's one thing that we talk about a lot on the show. Um, in fact, I bring in specialists a lot, you know, that, that, uh, that's what they practice. That's what they talk about is, um, how you have to have that physical 
uh, a side of things in order to make your business really work. So, um, you know, you have got a ton of things that you write about on your blog and that you share on LinkedIn. And of course, you also have your YouTube channel. Um, and I would encourage all of my listeners to go check out your content because not only is it fun, but I also learn a lot from watching and reading the stuff that you put out there. So if people want to learn more about Mononymous or Challenge Connection, what is the best place for them to start? The, the best place is, and it sounds so trite, but you just go to Google, type in Manana Nomas, and you find me. That's, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm everything for Manana Nomas. But mananonomas.com is the main blog, the main site. Um, and I kept that active the whole time I was corporately employed. So it has like about my trips to Italy, Spain, France, Japan, you know. And so to your point, when you're like, oh, there's different stuff in there. I didn't want to be one of those one dimensional people that just constantly pounded people about one thing. Mm. Um, but when it comes to business, uh, I really do like to focus on the, the, the membership and the learning site uh, builds and helping people with projects like the challenge connection. You know, the cool thing is just, I was at church last week and, and it sounds like, okay, he's going to tell a story. Yeah. I'll tell a quick one. Um, <laughs> I'm at church and the pastor was saying something about, um, hey, we have a live, love and share, you know, courses, blah, blah, blah. Well, since COVID attendance has been really low and I'm thinking to myself, why in the world, do, how come we don't have that online? I make learning sites. Why is this not happening yet? And then my wife's a volunteer with the, with the nursery and we went to a meeting and the people were saying, yeah, we, we, we have this HR program that everyone needs to sign in and take, you know, we still have to do the sexual harassment and this and the, that and the other, and they're farming all that out to third parties. And I'm going, I could just build them a learning management site and they could do it all <laughs> internally. Like why? why? And there's so many companies that are in that position where they think they think a learning management site, an LMS, they think it's going to cost them a quarter million dollars or $400,000 to build and run. Mm -hmm. But in today's world, using, you know, WordPress as your main structure, there's so many tools available. My favorite's Lifter LMS, but there's, there's others available and you can build something really affordably really serve your community and just knock it out of the park and, and own it. You know, you own it once you it's, there's other sites, obviously like you can rent space to host your, your courses, but I mm -hmm. prefer to have a site that I own something that I host myself and it's mine. It's my platform. It's not going to change unless I change it. Um, and it's there that that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kurt, um, we are just about out of time. So thank you so much for stopping by. And thank you so much for all the information uh, that you um, shared with us today. Before we take off, I do want to leave our listeners with that digital marketing tip of the day. So today's tip is about your audience. Do you have a CRM? If you don't, why not? If you have more than five potential customers, you should have a CRM. If you do not have more than five potential clients, you probably shouldn't have a business, but let's get back to those of us with more than five. Start organizing your CRM early. Do not just throw contacts in there to build them up to build your CRM up either. Not only should you know who everyone is, you should also be tracking how you met them and where they are at in your 
funnel. Are you just nurturing them with newsletters and awesome content until they're ready to buy? Or are they an evangelist of your product and services? Those need to be at the top of your list and you need to check in with them regularly. You also need to send thank you notes to the people that bring you referrals and your CRM can help you do that. Just don't let it lapse because catching up is hard to do. Do you need help? Well, my team helps people manage their CRMs and using those to create amazing campaigns. So give me a call and we'll chat. A huge thank you to my guest, Kurt Bonin of Mononomas and Challenge Connection. You can find Kurt at mononomas.com or just plug that into Google and you'll find him. Please make sure to follow us, subscribe and like us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find this episode and previous shows along with all of our contact information for our guests and for me on our website at www.digitalconnections.us. Have a great week and tune in next time for another amazing digital connection for your business. Would you like more return and tangible results from your marketing efforts without long-term contracts? Do you want people who are actually interested in your products and services to find you easily? WSI has developed in-depth knowledge and an extensive network of industry thought leaders that know your company's goals and objectives are unique. When you work with us, you not only gain the local expertise of your WSI expert, but we help you develop a strategy based on the digital experience of our global network. Work with a company that understands your business and provides real results. Find us at WSIWorld.com or call 800-985-9567. Again, that's 800-985-9567. WSI, we simplify the internet.